Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Deeper Relationships, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on June 9th, 2019. In the crowd there, I know Jason alluded to the fact that there was a stranger among us, but I'm just strange, that's it, not a stranger. So, but many of you already know that, and the rest of you will get to know that eventually. But uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement while Janice and I were gone. We had a great time on vacation. Just enjoyed some time with our little nieces and our family. It was, a, it was a great trip. So we need another week to recover from that, just so you know. So pray that God would create an opportunity for us to do that. So, Well, this morning we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you would grab your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, whatever you use uh, to open up, the God, open up God's Word. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, there's extras under the, the seat you're welcome to use. Uh, if you need a Bible or know someone that needs one, um, those Bibles are free. Uh, we give them out and we'd love for you to take one, uh, either for yourself or for someone else. And if we run out under the seats there, uh, we've got boxes in the back. So we'll, we got you covered, okay? So we're going to open up God's Word this morning. But I want to start out uh, with sharing with you something that a pastor once said to me. He said, to be a great listener, you need to learn how to ask great questions. You know, that that comment, that statement that he made to me, and it just resonated in my heart. It kind of resonated with me. And as I've grown in my own personal faith, as I've kind of sought to to grow deeper in my own walk with Christ, um, I've been praying that God would help me to be a good listener, that God would help me to ask the right question, to ask the questions that that need to be asked. And I'll tell you, this pastor who was a pastor of mine um, always knew how to ask the right questions. You know, I don't know how many of you have ever played 20 questions or not. Um, for you younger generation, uh, you probably don't realize it, but your parents probably played that with you all the time. So I know I played it often with my kids. I still do, you know. Uh, sometimes I invited their friends in on the game uh, without them realizing it, you know. I was a good dad in that way, always asking all the right questions. Um, just, uh, it's just what we do, I guess. I don't know what it is, you know. But, uh, you know, we want to learn how to write, ask the right questions. Well, this morning, what I'd like to do as we look at these passages, uh, I would like us to ask some questions. Now, now in your notes there, I've placed a few questions. Um, I didn't want to scare you by putting all 20 in there, you know, thinking, oh my goodness, there's a baseball game or something after this, you know, got to get to. But we're going to ask some questions. I want to encourage you as we read God's word this morning to ask some questions. Because I believe that the more questions we ask, the more we'll grow. I believe that in our relationships, if we, we want to be better at them, if we want to grow in our relationships, then, then we have to learn how to listen. But, but we can never listen if we're not asking questions, if we're just responding you know, the Bible teaches us that, that we would be, and I'm paraphrasing this in Proverbs, the Bible teaches us that if we give or offer a response before we've listened, we're, we're foolish. You know, I know that, that a lot of times when I'm listening to people and talking to people, uh, my mind starts to, to kind of wander and say, you know, well, how do I respond to this? What do I say? And usually in those moments, um, I'm so focused on what I'm going to say or how I'm going to respond that I actually kind of lose sight of, of the question or the concern, or the thing that that person is sharing with me. So I think that, that if we want better, or, or deeper, or more intimate relationships, not, even, not only just with God himself, but with each other, 
then, then we need to learn how to listen. And I think the best way to do that is like my pastor friend said, is learn how to ask the right questions. Learn how to ask the questions will help us to understand where that person is coming from or who they are and what's going on in their lives. And I think we can apply that to God's word too because God's word teaches us some very specific things. See, I believe there's, there's two things in God's word that, that, that we can gain from beginning to end. And one is that God is very, very focused on relationships, isn't he? I mean, the pursuit that God has for his people is a reflection of a relationship. See, it's not a religion. It's not something that, that God created so that, that we would be puppets, that he would just control and, and manipulate and, and move us as he sees fit. But God gave us a free will. God gave us the ability to love him. And so because of that, because God wants to be in relationship with us, God pursues us. God, God draws us near as we draw near to him. See, God moves us in a way that we realize that there is a God of, of creation, a God that created us. And that God wants to have an intimate, deep relationship with us. And then he also wants us to have a deep relationship with one another. Last week, Jason talked about unity in the church, the body of Christ. And he did a great job of helping us to understand what it looks like from a biblical perspective of unity, togetherness, oneness. And this week, my prayer is that, that God would help us to understand what those relationships look like and ask a lot of questions of how and what and why we are part of these relationships I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It'll be up on the screen and it's in your notes. He says this, Paul says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Listen to this part. He says, When each part, that's you and I, is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in what? In love. See, there's no question that God wants a relationship with us and for us. The Bible is very clear. Well, I want to ask you this morning. I want to ask you the question, first of 20, okay? <laughs> how, how are your relationships? Do you have deep, intimate relationships do you, do you have relationships that, that where you can go to someone and say, hey, hey, brother, you know, what do you see in my life that maybe you think would help me grow in my faith with God? You know, that's, that's confessing our sin to one another, being able to trust each other in a way. Or have you created a, an, an ocean where there's all of these relationships, but yet, yet you've created this ice that just covers that ocean. And that ice is hard to crack. You're never able to go any deeper than just, hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, I know that guy. He's, he's a good guy. See, God wants so much more for us in our relationships. See, God wants a deeper relationship with us, and he wants us to have a deeper relationship with him. You know, I've, I've shared with you guys many times that, that I love kids. Yeah, again, strange, you know. I do, I love kids. I love to watch them. I love to hang out with them. I love to play with them. 
You know, we hung out with our nieces this last uh, week and, and I got to see their personalities. I got to know them in a, in a little bit of a deeper way to build the relationship that we have. And I love them to death. I mean, they're just, they're everything to me. But what I, one thing that I did notice in their relationships with one another, they, they act a lot like us adults. Have you ever thought about that? So one of the things that I keyed in on is that every time the three of the young ladies got together, for whatever reason, for, for who knows why, but one of them always ended up like this. <laughs> they'd be playing and they'd be all happy together, just hanging out and doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, before you know, just, yeah. Do you notice in the body of Christ, we do that? I want to ask you this morning, question number two. Again, I got 20. We're going to go for a while here. Do you do this in your relationships? See, because I, I noticed with the girls that, that when the moments they did that, it was simply because that one girl was not getting what she wanted. You know, they're not giving me. They're not doing for me. They're not playing with me. They're not being nice to me. You know, sometimes I think in our humanity, even as adults, we do this in our relationships. And sadly enough, we do it with the ones that we love. We do it with the ones that we care about because those three little girls love each other. And they love each other deeply. There's no question there. It's just the behaviors are something that aren't reflective of an adult, of someone that is mature in their faith. See, Paul says in chapter 12, and I, I want to go back a little bit just because it gives us a greater understanding of 13 when we get into that. Because I know it's a famous passage and I know we've read it before, but I want us to look at it from a different perspective. And the, the idea and the mindset here is to ask some questions because in chapter 12, a lot is going on with the church. And I got to imagine as I read chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians, I got to imagine there's all of these questions that Paul has been getting from the church. Hey, why is this? And what is this? And what's going on here? And let me share with you. And all these postures of, hey, he's doing this and he's doing that, you know, kind of stuff. And then Paul addresses all of these deep theological type things that are happening and transpiring in the church. And then in chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, Paul says this. He says, for just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. See, and then he ends chapter 12 by making this statement, verse 31b, the second half of it. And he ends it with this, he says, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And when I read that, it kind of moved me to ask some questions because in verse 1 of chapter 13, he says some very profound, very deep things about love. Well, before we read, let, let's pray together. Father God, we just come into your presence this morning and we ask that that you would show us a more excellent way. Father, as we read your word, that, that this chapter that is a reflection of your love, of who you are, Father, that you would show us your way. Father, because in our relationships, we tend to want to do it our way. We tend to, to want to just cross our arms and say, hey, he's not doing and she's not doing. 
but the reality is that we need to do. Father, and we can only do that by the power of your spirit. We can only do that by understanding the truths of your word. And so this morning, Father, as we read, Father, give us insight. Help us to understand. Lord, you love us so much that you said that you would never leave us where we are. And this morning we ask that you would move us from where we are to a place where we have a greater, more deeper understanding of biblical loving relationships. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read the whole, the whole chapter together, starting in verse 1. Paul says, If I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. No, love never ends. For as prophecies, they will pass away. For as tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But the, when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Excuse me, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So you have to note that in chapter 12, there was this discussion happening and Paul is responding again. So maybe some of the questions that have risen as the church does life together, as, as they see the gifts that God has imparted on them and as, as they see and use the abilities that God has given them and they're learning how to live in relationships. See, Paul offers answers to these questions that we should be asking to deepen our relationships with one another. Well, I want to ask you again, question number three. <laughs> Are you ready to learn more about having a deeper relationship with God and with one another? Well, our, our first question that we see in this passage is simply, what good are the abilities that I have been given? You know, I, I think uh, before we read the first couple of verses, I think that the hardest part as a Christian when we come to faith and we, we discover and we seek to find our place in the church is, is what about our abilities? What are the gifts? What are the things that I can use to help others? So I, I use the, the silly term, you know, uh, find your, uh, own your faith, find your place, and then you help others do the same. So what, what, what good are the abilities that I've been given? In verse 1 and 2, Paul says, If I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So I want to pause right there because people use gongs and cymbals to worship other gods at this time. So he's hitting right at the heart of where these people stand. 
And in verse 2 he says, And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as, I, as to remove mountains, but have not love, he says, I am nothing. See, Paul is simply saying that your abilities aren't good for anything if you're not using them for the good of something. Do you believe that this morning? I think you do. I really do. Only because when, when you get into a relationship with someone, when you, when you hang out with someone after a while, you realize and you see their gifts and abilities and you see them wanting to use that to help others. You see them wanting to, to do things that would benefit our, our community and be a good citizen, if you will. But what happens a lot of times, unfortunately, because of our humanity, is that, that we don't find and use these gifts for the glory of God. We end up using them for our own glory. See, God's intentions behind our gifts is so that we would use them to serve others in Jesus' name, not in our own name. See, I can do a lot of good things. I have some abilities that, that I even surprise myself sometimes. And I don't say that in a, in a dynamic of being arrogant or trying to boast about what I have. But I, but I realize even in my insecurities, God has given me certain things that I'm just good at. You know, I'm good at straightening chairs. You know? I, I really am. You can ask anybody. They're jealous, in fact. They pick on me all the time. Yeah, they're just afraid. There you go. You know, I've got a lot of great abilities. But the, the question is, how am I using those abilities? For whom am I using them for? See, because God gave me the abilities that I have so that I can serve others. That's the reality. You know, I would ask you this morning, what, what are you good at? You know, what are some, some natural talents or, or abilities that you have? Or maybe some, some talents that you're pursuing right now in your life that, that you want to grow in and get better at? Because you don't have to have them naturally all the time. But there's things that God does in your life where he matures you and grows you into in certain areas and aspects. Because remember, it's God's strength, it's God's power that works in you and through you to do these things. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, did you catch that? Underline it, circle it, highlight it. In everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen, 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 right? <laughs> to him be the glory not to us. And I think that's what Paul was facing when he was hearing all these questions and, and he began to ask some questions probably back in response. I think he heard a lot of self-glorification. Well, hey, look at me because I'm a prophet. I can preach God's word. Hey, look at me. I, I can heal people now. I'm amazing. But Paul is saying, hey, if, if you do all this, great. But if you do it without love... And not so great. Well, that brings us to, to question two. What do I give to my relationships? If you look at verse three, 
It says, if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. See, in every relationship, the dynamic that we must understand is love is simply a choice. There's no, no little love fairy that goes around shooting people. You have the choice every single day. See, we have the ability to love. It's God-given. But unfortunately, in our relationships, we've confused giving things as love. I have two, two little kids. They're still my babies, even though they're old people now. I love my kids. And I'll tell you, I, I want to give them everything. I, I really do. I mean, I want to give them everything. But there's moments when I've realized, and even looking back, hindsight, that, that I've just given them too much. They might not agree with that, but... <laughs> but the truth is, I've just given them too much. Because in, in my immaturity, in my uh, lack of understanding of how to be a good parent... I I made the mistake of saying that the tangible is what they need. When in reality, it's the spiritual is what they need. And sometimes because of the spiritual, you don't get the tangible. See, a lot of times people come to faith thinking that God is just going to give me everything that I want. God is going to provide for me and give me everything that I think I want. But the reality is that God gives us what we need, not necessarily what we want. Because remember, it's all in accordance to God's will for our lives. See, and then we go after the things we want and we think we need to give those that, the things that those people need or want and we make that mistake of giving the wrong things in our relationships. So you can give them everything that you have. But if you don't do it with love, then you're really just a noisemaker. There's really no, no spiritual cro- progress in that relationship. There's nothing that's deep in that relationship. The relationship stays very shallow. See, what he's telling us here is that you can be a philanthropist. You can give all that you have and have no love. You can be a martyr and die for something that you believe in yet have no love. Well, hopefully, you're asking yourself a question. Well, how can this be? You know, I'm a generous guy. You know, I help and I go to Mexico, I serve. I do all of these great things. But you have to realize that you can do a lot of great things. And unless you, you do it for God's glory, unless you put love behind it, then, then they're meaningless. They really aren't great because, you know, I'll tell you, there's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of generous people, but, but I'll tell you, in accordance to God's word and what God teaches us, a lot of those good people, they're not going to happen. See, God wants something different from us. He wants more for our relationships. And, and the best way that I can explain this is letting Jesus explain it. Because so, I want you to see what he says here in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, in verses 1 and 2. Jesus says this. He says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Beware of practicing your goodness so that people would say you're a good person. He says, For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. 
In verse 2 he says, Thus, because of this, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. To me, that was the best passage, the best explanation of having to understand if I give all that I have, if I'm willing to sacrifice my life, but have not love, then I gain no reward. There's nothing to gain in it. So you might be willing to give it all away, but you have to be willing to do so in the name of love. You have to be willing to give it all away for the glory of God. See, and Jesus goes on to tell us, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You know why he says that? I bet you do, but I'm going to tell you anyway. (laughs) Because in our humanity, we we want the glory. We want the praise. And so he says, "Don't, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing in order that God may get the glory. So God may get the praise. See, when we give, we give so that God will be glorified. And in doing that, God will strengthen our relationships. They'll be deeper. They'll have more meaning because we're doing it for the right reason. We're not doing it for a selfish reason. Again, do you want deeper, better relationships, healthier ones? See, then what you have to understand what Paul is telling us here is that we need to be generous for the sake of the gospel. And this brings us to question number three. What's my role in my relationships? This is probably one of the best passages right here that we'll ever read in the Bible. It's it's so good. But it's only as good as we allow it to be in our lives. In verse four through seven, Paul says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. See, for me, that's the gospel in a paragraph. See, because if we we understand what, what the gospel teaches us, what is love or who is love? God is love, right? God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that if I believed in him, that I wouldn't perish, but I'd have eternal life. So what that means, if God is love and he loved me so much that he would give his son for me on my behalf, then I have to realize that that this love is patient. Because, man, if you're in a relationship with me, you can ask Jeff, you got to have a lot of patience. <laughs> Amen. Preach it. <laughs> you know, love is kind. It bears all things. It believes all things. It, it hopes all things. So I'll be honest with you. That hope part, I struggle with that sometimes. See, because I, I believe that God loves me. And I, I believe that God loves the people around me. But sometimes in my life, because of circumstances or turmoil or whatever is going on, I don't always live out a life that's reflective of the hope, the hopefulness for all things. See, in our relationships, our role is simply 
to be bearers of the gospel, to be a reflection of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to remind people of the goodness and the love and the grace. And that's the best way to do it right there, to be patient, to be kind, to not envy or boast, not to be arrogant or rude, to not insist on your own way. How many of you feel your arms loosening right now? I hope they are. See, to not be irritable or resentful. See, that's the gospel. God's love is so deep, it's so rich, it's so wonderful. And we should bear that love. We should do all of these things. I want to ask you this. Are you living out the gospel in your relationships? What's the first word that you think of when you hear the gospel? Say it out loud. Come on, a few more. First word. You're all right. Because it's everything in a nutshell. See, we should be living all of what we just shared that it means to us in our relationships. The grace, the love, the mercy, everything. Everything that it means to us. So I want to ask you, men, are you loving your wives like Christ loved the church? Sorry if your rib is sore after this. Wives, are you submitting to your husbands as under Christ? And I know that word is a tough one for you ladies. Not, not, not to pick on you or, or to be sarcastic when I say that, but, but only because the dynamic of that word in today's time isn't politically correct. But for us men... The dynamic of loving our wives like Christ loved the church isn't politically correct. But instead of trying to be politically correct, let's be biblically correct. Amen? Amen. See, because men, your role and your responsibility is to sacrifice for your wives, to give yourself up for your wives, to put their needs before your own. Because that's how Jesus loved you and I. That's the gospel. Women, ladies, young and old, whether you're married or not, your role is to submit under your husband as you would to Christ. Now, now your, your understanding of the gospel for both, all of us is, is knowing and, and, and reflecting that submission that we have to Christ. But unfortunately, even within our own relationships and our relationship with God, we do this. No, God, I don't want to. He's not playing nice. <laughs> he didn't like my dinner last night. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know why we do that. But we all have a role to play. We have a responsibility. And if we look at God's word and we ask the right questions, if we listen well, then maybe, just maybe, our relationships will get better. I believe they will. I truly do. Because if you live in accordance to God's word, if you seek and pursue the goodness of the gospel, then you'll understand the saving grace, the wonders of God's glory, his love for you, and then your love for each other will just overflow. Your love for each other will just be a natural thing because you understand your own sin. You understand the grace that's been given to you. And that, 
that's what's going to deepen our relationship. That's what's going to strengthen our relationships and help us to be patient, kind, not envying, not boasting, but believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring all things. See, the reality is we just need to ask better questions. And we need to listen when God gives us the answers through his word. Well, that brings us to the last and most challenging question that I have for you today. You have to finish the rest of the 20. Question number four, do my behaviors need to change? I want to ask you that this morning. Do your behaviors need to change? Listen to what he says in verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. That's a tough question. That's probably the toughest question we'll ask ourselves today. Do my behaviors need to change? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I know I do. I I know I need change in my life. I know there's some areas in my life where God wants me to just simply grow up. Stop being a Toys R Us kid. (laughs) Yeah? There's some areas in my life that, that God wants to change. And I got to believe, because I know most of you, that there's some areas in your life that God wants to change. I I don't know what they are specifically, but you do. And I want to challenge you this morning to to ask the question. I want to challenge you to to go deeper in your relationship with God. To, To open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your ears, and just simply ask God the question, God, if there's anything in my life right now, today, in this moment, what would you change in me? And I want you to ask him this. Say, God, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. So by your grace and by your mercy, will you strengthen me through your spirit? Will you empower me to become the person that you've created me to be? See, because I'm not always patient, and I don't always want to be patient But I know for your sake, for your glory, for this relationship, for these relationships that you've placed me in, I need to be patient. I need to be kind. I need to be selfless. And I need to serve those around me. I need to love those that you've placed in front of me. So by your power, will you help me? And I'm not about making promises or speaking from God, but everything that I've read in God's word, if you do that, I truly believe. In fact, I could promise you that if you fully surrender, that God will help you do that. God will change you into the person he wants you to be. Well, as we close this morning, I want to leave us with this. To have great relationships, we must learn how to ask great questions. We must learn how to grow deeper in those relationships. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the love and the grace that you show us, the mercy that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, this morning we come before you a broken people, a hurting people, Father. We have things in our lives that that even we don't understand why we're going through them or what we're we're going through. Father, some here may may have a, a wonderful life right now. But even in that, Father, if it's a life without you, it's a life lost. And so this morning, Father, as we 
seek to grow deeper and ask better questions. Father, I, I pray that through the power of your spirit that you would, you would speak to us and help us to understand the things that you have for us. Father, the reasons behind the moments that we go through, the reasons behind the, the, the days that you give us and the purpose and the plan that you have for our lives because I know and I believe that you created us for a purpose. And Father, that you have mapped out the plan for our lives. Father, we, we believe in you and we trust in you this morning. Father, we come before you with a whole bunch of questions. And I pray that you would answer those. Help us to see clearly the answers and the responses that you have for us. Not what we think, but what you think, that it would be your way and not our way. Father, we thank you. Thank you for these moments. We thank you for your word, Father. But most of all, we thank you for your love. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.